Welcome, everyone, to a special episode of Dissect. I am your host, Cole Kushna, and today I'm joined with the co-writer of Season 9. He was also the co-writer of Season 7 on Because the Internet. He is one Cameron Ostrander. How are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing, Cole? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to talk Mac with you. Um, excited about the new season. Seems to be going, going pretty well. Um, got some really great words of encouragement from listeners. Uh, it's been really, really positive feedback. So it's always a good feeling to get the season off the ground and share, you know, what we've been working on for many, many months now. So yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about faces in a little bit. Um, obviously that just came to streaming services. So it's kind of like, at least personally, I kind of feel like I rediscovered the album, just having it readily available. Um, so we're going to talk about faces later, but we're going to start with kind of a general conversation around season nine and kind of our approach to swimming in circles. Um, before we get there, let's uh, let's take it back to, I kind of want to hear your kind of personal journey or relationship, I guess, with Mac Miller's music. Um, it, I'll open the conversation up to anywhere you want to take it, but, you know, maybe start with what you first remember about Mac Miller, first time hearing him and mm -hmm. kind of the journey from there. I mean, so for me, um, kids came out and I was in like eighth grade. So I was a young one. Um, mm -hmm. and for me, when Mac Miller came out, it was like, okay, this is what the cool older kids are listening to, uh, was kids and was like a uh, blue slide park. I remember, I do kind of remember like trying to listen to Blue Slide Park one time and not quite liking it, but also being like, but all the older kids, they all say this is cool. So <laughs> I, this is probably cool. I just don't get it or something like that. Um, that's how it was for me at least. And then um, I honestly like just didn't, I didn't check in with Mac for a long time. Watching movies would have been the next time, but that was like the same day as Jesus and like Wolf had just come out. So I was definitely like listening to Wolf on repeat so that, I don't know, I missed it. And I didn't get to Mac until like Good AM came out, um, you know, because again, I'd always been like, oh, Mac's for other folks. I guess I just don't listen to him. But somebody probably like it was like before a game in college for soccer, like somebody probably played Good AM in the in the locker room. And I think it was Break the Law specifically was the song. If like I'm if I'm remembering everything right, mm -hmm. but I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is actually Mac. This is like Mac Miller, the, the Blue Side Park, that guy. This is him. And so then I was like, okay, I got to go look this up on my own time. And that's when kind of I went back through the catalog and started just like following everything he was doing off then. Uh, Divine Feminine, when that came out, I thought that was amazing. Uh, I, if folks remember me from season seven in the Gambino stuff, like he did Divine, Mac did Divine Feminine when Gambino did Awaken My Love. They were both doing the singing at the same time. It felt mm. very like equivalent. Um, and Dang also is probably... I don't know, that's like the best song when right. Dang came out. I was just yeah. like, that was the yeah, best yeah. thing ever. Exactly. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Um, so I was very into all that. Uh, Swimming came out and that was amazing. That was when I first started like teaching. Um, so like, I was like, okay, I'm my own independent adult right now. I finally, I have a real job. I'm out of school. This is a great album to listen to like every day uh, on the way to and from work and all that stuff. So that's kind of how it went with Mac. Yeah, that's interesting. My mine's a similar journey actually, because um, I came late to Mac. I heard, I want to say I heard probably his bigger songs off of the first couple mixtapes and, and albums, and wasn't for me at that time. Uh, wasn't the music that I was particularly into at that time. Um, and you know, 
I'm, everyone falls victim to like first impressions, right? So you make your assumption about Mac, who Mac Miller is um, with those early projects and then kind of just, for me, it was kind of like tuned him out, just didn't really make it uh, a point to like check him out after right. that too much. Yeah. Um, I've said this on the show a couple of times probably, but you know, the early 2000s or the early 2010s is kind of when I went to school for classical music. And once I got there, I had so much catching up to do that I fully immersed myself into that world and didn't really listen to anything else. Um, really fell off the map of popular music at that time. Would hear about the bigger stuff, obviously, but like something like a Mac Miller, I wasn't going to be on my radar at that time. But Good AM uh, and especially Divine Feminine is like when I was like, oh, this is much different than I remember Mac Miller mm. being. Um, particularly Divine Feminine because he was working with the same a lot of the same people Kendrick Lamar was on To Pimp a Butterfly. And obviously that's the that's an album that I really love and respect. And hearing kind of the similarities between those projects, I remember being like, oh, he's 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 going this route. Um, and so kind of went back and rediscovered his older stuff. And uh, But Swimming was the one. I mean, Swimming for mm -hmm. me was personally when I was like, oh, he found it. Like, oh, yeah. he got it. He, he did like everything... W w built to this moment mm -hmm. and i just remember being so impressed by the musicianship um because you know obviously matt can rap like that was pretty much clear from day one that he had a pretty raw and and then polished talent as he went on but that that was never really in question the musicianship which now now realizing and, and even studying his life more like was there from day one but i feel like it was really crystallized with swimming with the assistance of John Bryan, who is also one of my favorite musicians of all time before mm -hmm. swimming, much before swimming. So that's when I really uh, fell, fell like, you know, quote unquote, deeply in love with his music. Um, and obviously then months later, tragedy happened. But um, yeah, so that, I would say that's my general, general, it's funny because the more I think about it, the more it's, at least for me personally, and maybe even kind of objectively, it's kind of similar to Tyler where mm, yeah. he came out this one way, very young, and kind of got branded as this thing. You know, he was kind of shock rap. Mac Miller was kind of frat rap. Um, and it took folks a while to kind of realize they were more than that. It also took them personally, to, you know, some work to to get themselves to that mm -hmm. next level. But the, the raw talent was always there. Um, yeah, so I guess um, when I tapped you for this season, um, Maybe this was like a year ago now, yeah. something like that. Yeah, it was, so it was a while, like, yeah. a while ago. Um, we started with a pilot of Woods actually from from Circles, and you wrote mm -hmm. that very beautiful. Um, and then we signed you up for to take on most of the lyrical analysis and kind of research for Swimming and Circles. Um, so walk me through the the initial f kind of phase of your studies and approaching like how you're going to go about kind of analyzing this album. Uh, I mean, for me, it was like when I when we first talked about it, I started listening to like both of the albums every day and doing that, and then just slowly building up the interviews. That's kind of that's probably what most of the research I think consists of. At least for me, like I spend so much time, even on my own like free time, just watching interviews. That's like I want to hear people discuss these things. I want to hear them talk about the behind the scenes or what's going on, what's influencing them. So I think now for Mac got like a youtube playlist of like 300 
videos because there's just so many yeah. for him at least. There's just so much content that was created. Um, one of the challenges, I guess, this season might be in how most of those interviews go out or in like how to process them because um, there is a lot to consider with just how media treated him um, and how he kind of gets talked to in interviews and then, you know, how Mac's doing. Um, the right. different times of Mac's life, he's at different stages, he's going to be acting or saying different things in these interviews. So there's a couple of like a layers to kind of process. So like the beginning part was me really familiarizing myself with how Mac was kind of timeline wise um, and what he would talk about and what he would repeat and what things would kind of stay the same. Um, and that was a lot of the research. And then just going into the music, um, trying to go through the back catalog a lot because I think, and I think we both talked about this as far as realizing the lack of respect for the old work and how good it was. Yeah. Because, and I mean, I listened to all of Mac. I loved all Mac stuff, but like when you really break down stuff and you see swimming in circles, he's been talking about right. these ideas for a very long time. Swimming is on the high life. Like right. the 2009 mixtape, he's using that metaphor. I mean, like he's been doing this. He's yeah. been developing these ideas. He always was working on this stuff. And we saw that. Um, so the ability to like go back and look at it all kind of almost from a bird's eye view, but just like that retrospective aspect was really, I think, helpful and nice. Um, so we've been able to like make those connections, I think. Right. Yeah. It's interesting with the the interviews because when I do, like you, you carried the load this season in terms of research, um, but- on prior seasons, what I would be doing that, you know, Mac is probably the most prolific in terms of available, like interviews oh, yeah. being available. There's just mm-hmm. so much. He was very open and seemed more willing than like a Kendrick or even a Kanye uh, or and certainly like tell. a Beyonce. You can tell he like makes time for everybody. And it's right. amazing to see because like sometimes you look at these interviews and you can tell he is so tired or he's so worn out, or there's some other thing going on in the background, even in a few, where you're like, oh, Mac should be doing that. Um, There's a couple people that are interested in Mac for activities afterwards that want to talk to him, but you see the interview going on. It appears selfless, really. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I wonder what that would be, or why that would be. Um, Maybe that's just a personality trait. He never seemed to complain about interviews too much, Mm -mm. um, which a lot of artists get to that place where, Certainly by swimming time, like he didn't really need to be doing interviews um, and maybe even before then, but he always seemed, made himself available, um, which kind of speaks to his transparently transparency mm-hmm. in general. But um, yeah, no, a lot of the thought um, that we kind of talked about going into the season was like, obviously the death hangs over it all, mm-hmm. you know, but we had conversations about how to, you know, I guess we addressed it early with season one uh, or mm-hmm. episode one and kind of just, you know, it's hard to separate swimming and certainly circles from the death. So kind of acknowledging that early and then just letting the rest of the season being more of a celebration or, or really just how we approach any other season, right? Like just respecting, honoring the work mm-hmm. um, and really just trying to listen and learn from these great albums. Um, but then I would say there's some been some tough moments Um I guess yeah. I'm I'm curious to to know so far we're not done with the season we're just getting on to the last couple episodes of swimming right now what what sticks out for you in terms of being the the most difficult episode to get through uh yeah this season has been like a I wasn't I don't think I was ready or mm. I don't know like I jumped in 
And then along with all that research came a lot of struggle. Cause I mean, I think all of us probably have people we connect with people um, for whatever reasons, right? When I think about Mac, there's like two people I know very well who I connect with this story. Um, and like, so it's not just Mac. It becomes then a personal exploration mm. within both myself and with thinking about these people that I love and care about. Um, so that's been just on my mind and it's been a heavy experience for me. What I'm like grateful for, because I think all of us deal with this. I think a lot of audience response we got was really nice about just how emotional and how many connections everybody made with it. Um, because you have this artist who so honestly showed so much becomes an individual icon for like a universal feeling right. in many ways, which is great. Uh, as far as like an episode that I, I mean, I think you probably know like self care, like tore me up. Um, there's something about self care that haunts me. Like still like the episode is done. I had to kind of wash my hands a bit of it. It, something about it still haunts me and feels very difficult to deal with. Um, just in subject matter, the music video and even the instrumentals. Some, I think you've, you explained to me because you like broke down the music for me. Like this is why this beat, is sounding different to you or this way it like feels this way, but there's something unsettling about it to me. Mm. Um, and I think we talk about an episode, but like part of it is we can, we're not gonna, we can't take care of ourselves in so, in so many ways. Right. Cause you have this hopeful reading of it. Like self care is important. If we can handle ourselves, we'll be good. But then I think also in reading the song, you wonder if it's even possible. And that, I mean, for me it was like, there's many spirals that came <laughs> out of that you know yeah 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 i mean even reading what you wrote was super powerful but i could tell specifically in that episode i could feel i could feel that and it came Mm -hmm. through in the writing which i think part of it's i mean we left a lot of that in and i think that's kind of important to show um because it mirrors it seems to mirror exactly what he was doing in the song Mm -hmm. you know and trying to like what is this idea of self-care is it even possible um, mm-hmm. and then the cyclical nature of you might be able to care for yourself one day, but, mm-hmm. uh, the next day, maybe not so much. Right. And like, right. that's kind of the, that's the whole concept of swimming in circles is that we can do fine for a while, but it doesn't mean forever. And so a lot of the album and, and, you know, the concept seems to be just trying to find peace within everything, you know, mm-hmm. not, not just fleetingly searching for the good or happiness like whatever that even is right like it was, it was more about being present in both the good and bad trying to find at peace in both you know sides of the coin but yeah self-care um was definitely one for me that was difficult even just parsing through kind of what you wrote uh and then kind of like trying to flesh out those ideas even more mm-hmm. yeah i think i was uh a difficult one. There's a line, someone saved me from myself, which just like broke yep. me. When we got yep. to that line, it absolutely mm-hmm. broke me, um, which we should probably stop talking about it. Cause it's gonna, the issue is <laughs> like, we're trying and cause like, we're also, we're just, we're processing the work. We're not the people who made it. Right. We're not that, but their work is obviously in a way that impacts us and millions of people in such a way. And so Thinking about it and breaking it down and trying to talk about why it does that has been a difficult process. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like there yeah, is yeah. toughness. And there's also like a mental block sometimes where I don't 
some like sometimes I can't write. I don't mm. want to talk about these things all the time. Right. You know? So like there's some points where I'll get to something and I literally can't write another word. Which feels right. dramatic and stupid to say, but it, it happened, you know? No, when you live, I mean, it is an intense experience. Like when you live these records for, you've been writing since January. So you've been really, really steeped in it for almost an entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's intense. Like I've been doing this for, I guess, almost five years now. And obviously it depends on the album, but um, I would say this is probably, well, Kendrick, go some dark places. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one feels where Kendrick, you can kind of separate it because it's so much a concept and some, so mm-hmm. much of a narrative. It's almost like you can t- detach from it a little bit in mm-hmm. that way and just kind of look at it like a story. Right. Mac, it's like the concept. And he said this, it's like the theme isn't, it's not a concept record per se. It's like, he's, I, he said like, I'm going to be as true to myself as possible in the themes will naturally sprout from me just mm-hmm. being completely honest. And mm-hmm. that's very true. And when you're steeped in his honesty and he's showing you absolutely the dark and the, mm-hmm. the light, yeah, you're going to get, it's going to get heavy. And it, especially if you're really, I mean, as you are, have been really wanting to understand. And like when you're giving yourself over to a work like this and again i'm kind of speaking from experience yeah you start to like live it like you're 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 steeped in those emotions and like there's and you're kind of wearing them or something um there's an obsessive quality to it as well when you're like doing it this long yeah and 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 then you do all of this up against the face of the complete lack of any solid answer that is he passed away right that is the world took him right right so there is no resolution. Yeah. There's nothing yep. to end on. Exactly. Yeah, there's no there's no happy ending, right? Like right. And, you, and, you, and you can't force it. And that's and that's another thing I think we had to kind of work through in terms of how we were gonna treat the death and mm-hmm. talk about it. Cause there is a temptation, or at least for me, um, to like maybe justifies justifies the wrong word, but like make sense of it to find meaning you want to find a moral but you can't it's just not it's like there's no value to any of it yeah (laughs) right so i think coming it's funny because it kind of just came back to you know we just aired uh what's the use Mm -hmm. and before that hurt feelings with it is what it is the thundercat you know kind of saying that him and max shared and thundercat saying that's kind of the ultimate conclusion that mm-hmm. he came to, and it's kind of the conclusion we came to somewhat independently, although it was there right mm-hmm. in front of us the whole time. And we were kind of riding through that to get to that spot. Um, and I think anyone who has dealt with death personally, I mean, obviously Mac's death affect everyone, but you know, if, if it's a family member, if you've had to deal with that, like, you know, there is really not, it is what it is. Like mm-hmm. there's no, there's no, nothing to kind of take away from it. Um, Right. So let's talk about something else. <laughs> let's talk about his, the fun faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, that, I think that covers uh, the approach. Anything else you wanted to say before we transition to faces about the season at all? That this has felt like a really, I feel very grateful to have had the experience. And I think everybody will. And that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. You've been doing an incredible job. Um, you did a great job in season seven. You're doing, I think you're doing an even better job 
this time around. So, um, well, well, thanks so much. Cole. <laughs> That's not why I say it, but yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. Um, okay. So let's transition to faces. Um, obviously cool. it came to streaming services, uh, this past Friday, which was great. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm definitely fall victim to not listening to mixtapes probably as much as I should, just because of the convenience of them or the inconvenience of them. I'm not going to put shit on my phone anymore. It's <laughs> like just how it is. Yeah. So faces I hadn't listened to for years. Um, I listened to it before Friday. Like I made it a point to, mm-hmm. you know, get pre- prep for this and, and another podcast we did, uh, the ringer music show. We talked about faces there, but, um, I've really steeped myself in faces this past couple of weeks. Really, really, really have kind of grown to really love this album. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into it, I kind of want to set up just briefly where Mac was, because um, I think we kind of forget um, that one, he was 22 when writing Faces, which just baffles me. <sighs> yeah. I think about myself when I'm 22, and I'm just like, how are you this great? <laughs> yeah, how are how you this insightful? How do you get all that together? Yeah, how do you make like, all that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he had lived, he had, up to that point, he lived, lived a very full life. So he... By the time he was 22 and started on Faces, he already had two studio albums. First, Blue Side Park went number one. Movies with a Sound Off went number three. Um, he had 10 mixtapes, including the three before kids. Um, he had two EPs and one live album. He was going on, I think he was doing like 200 shows a year. He had toured the UK uh, or Europe in general. Um, I think he did a headlining tour and a support tour for Little Wayne. He he already had already recorded two seasons of a reality TV show, and again, all this before age twenty two. And so, this is kind of where he was at. It seems like you know this place he called the sanctuary, which was the studio in the pool house, right of his mm-hmm. mansion, became you know it seemed like, and from everyone that talked about the album, like this was the first time he really just got to like be in one place and wasn't touring wasn't on the move and just really really got to sit and compose music every day all day multiple without sleeping sometimes um so yeah let me what what are your general thoughts about faces maybe when you first heard it and just as you were kind of rediscovering it recently with the season and it coming to streaming i mean when i first heard i'm sure i heard diablo at like functions Mm. you know but again i wasn't with mac i wasn't like looking into everything till good am so probably like listened to faces like once then thought it was really cool was like yeah diablo is the greatest is one of the best function songs ever let's keep it that way um but yeah it wasn't on streaming so i would listen to it once in a while like when I think when I thought about Mac, if I tried to like rank his work at like the beginning of when I started writing this, it wasn't as high as it is now in my own mind. I've definitely spent a lot of time with it writing this season. There's a lot of thematic connections with swimming in circles between this and this and that work, yeah. Um, which has been a, you know great to pull out, um, but also just like there's definitely like a period of like a month where it was like, I was listening to faces more than swimming in circle. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was listening to this one more. Um, yeah. It's like, and I feel like first for me, I'm like, I look back, I'm like, how did I miss it? You know, mm, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, but it's incredible that he's doing all this at 22, that this is happening in 2014, that he's doing it so independently. Like it's, it's an independent release. It's like free from all this stuff. It's yeah. It's amazing that he was able to get all this out. 
Yeah, that's something I didn't mention too. He just left Rostrum Records, which was a Pittsburgh label, independent label. Um, I don't was I think he does he say remember music on faces? He was says this? remember music. They're like putting it together. And he also like mentions a couple record executives that are like gonna talk to him. I think like one by name yeah. he calls out in a song, right? Um and it was before he got with Warner, though. Right. So he was free from seems like he was just free, like mm-hmm. in the anecdotes that you read of his friends and the people that were there, they all kind of speak about this freedom. Um, mm-hmm. you know, not having a label being able to put out whatever he wanted, um, having money and just being able to sit and compose. Um, so, and I definitely think that kind of comes through or definitely comes through in the kind of sprawling nature of the work. You know, it's a long project, 24 songs. Um, just, you really get steeped in that world that he created in the sanctuary. Um, so let's get into, well, so I guess we should preface our discussion a little bit with what we're going to do in terms of a song by song discussion. So those that don't know, I didn't know this until recently. So when you originally um, downloaded faces as a mixtape, you had to make Mac a sandwich yes. or a, yes. a, sam- a, Sammy. a sandwich. Yeah, to make, make me a Sammy. Yeah. A Sammy, which, and the, the, I just noticed today that the M's are italicized, which I'm guessing Mac, Mac Miller. Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, which I love. I love that, how silly that was. Like, I think mm-hmm. it, again, speaks to the kind of freedom that he had at this time where he was just doing whatever he want, whatever he thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to build him. It was just like a, a very basic, like, like Webkin's uh, game or something like pop right. tropica. You're dragging some ingredients over. Right. Like yeah. Penguin you, or something. Yeah. Yeah. You literally, there's a, there's a scroll bar with different ingredients and you just literally make him a sandwich. And, and then, you, and then after the sandwich is made, that's when you get to download it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we thought we'd honor that with um, a sandwich draft. We're basically going to build a sandwich af- out of songs, songs from Faces. Yep. Um, <laughs> this so, is a great idea. This is yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's totally great and totally corny, and yep. it's everything Mac you know was. So we're going to honor that. We're going to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we're going to do our the first and last sandwich draft. Sweet. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, welcome back to Dissect. And we are going to start the Faces Sandwich Draft. 
Um, so we have four categories. We have the bread. <laughs> we got <laughs> the special sauce. <laughs> can't give it straight face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got the cheese and we got the meat or the protein. Um, I'm not sure. Are you vegetarian? No. Okay. So we're going so meat. We're going meat. All right. Um, so first off, bread. What's your bread song? So for what's your bread, actually what's what's your interpretation of bread? So bread is well, my interpretation goes with the title of the I picked inside outside. All okay. right. So we've got the inside of faces on the outside of the sandwich as the bread. Ah, and right. Mac was free. I'm thinking this is an iceberg lettuce. Okay. So if you're keeping track of the ingredients at home, if you want to make this at home, iceberg lettuce is what we're using for the sandwich bread. Um, this is the this is one of the best openers to any project ever in my brain. Yeah, I should have died already. I came in, I was high already. Everybody tripping on my mind, ain't steady for my sin. Should have been crucified already. In the opening line, I'm okay. I'm gonna the opening line to me is one of the most impactful opening lines of any project. It has to do with personal. Like how I read it because of my life experience, but also with all this Mac stuff. Um, and I think we talk about this, uh, and we'll talk, we talk about this in an episode and it, we'll get into it. But the opening line of I should have died already being the beginning of the project. Yeah, I don't know if you've had this, Cole. I have had a near death experience. Like when I was 19, a nurse told me, I can't believe you're alive right now. Like that happened to me, right? There's a lot of stuff that happens with your life after that and how you perceive everything. You can think of it as, okay, I, I could have died. Now I get to live life free. Wonderful. Look at the second chance. This is great. You also could look at it as, I ha- like, it's a burden. Like, you could have, mm-hmm. yeah, we could have been free. I could have been gone. I, didn't, I might not have had to deal with all the rest of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, after that experience and then listening to this, like, it just sets in so much of everything that Mac is talking about. Um, and it does with swimming as well. So for me, you know, that's an amazing opening. Um, and so that's my iceberg lettuce, you know? Uh, <laughs> but I also like that this album has so many of those great opening lines. If I think about like conceptually, I'm thinking Mac did this, like the opening line is the face of the song. It's the first impression of the song. So we got all these faces. He's like, I got to have all these great opening lines. Mm. I think he also did that with the samples, which not all of them made it to streaming, but if you go back and like, there's so many samples that open songs. So he's like interacting with all these faces of the people in the samples and then him, his own selves on all the songs. It's for me really interesting. I love that song so much. It's very special to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great, great opener. I agree. Um, one thing I picked up from the Book of Mac, um, for those that don't know, Donna Claire Shesman is releasing the Book of Mac, which was supported by Mac's family and next week, right? I think so. Um, and she's going to be on the show. We're going to have her on next week uh, on Dissect. But um, Josh Berg in the Book of Mac, we got an advanced copy. Uh, he said that, yeah, he said <laughs> he said that Mac freestyled. Everybody want to be God besides God. He want to be like us. Like he freestyled mm-hmm. that That's line. That's cool. Like yeah. Incredible. He's got the other bars on this. Oh, I got to point something else at. He, he says, try and tell you that it ain't real. And then the ad lib is faces. So we're already talking about identity, right. talking about how it's not real and all these facades. And then he says, find that Yeti. Oh, faces. I'm that Yeti. 
Mm. So like, first off, the way he screams that is absolutely incredible. <laughs> There's so much great energy, right? But I, and we're going to talk about this throughout. But like, he's the snow monster that that deals. That's such a clever way of getting the drug reference mm. of the cocaine already. Right. He's right. that yeti. Like that's wild that he said it. Right. That he like, and he says later like the cocaine ether, the strange creature. Like this is so much of what's happening on faces. It's like electric. The beginning of this album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great sample. Um, great instrumental. Um, so my bread, so my interpretation of bread is like, it's kind of hollow. Not, I guess huh? it's like carbs, right? You're not going to get yeah. a lot of like nutritional value from it, Okay. but it's sturdy. It's like, it's mm. the foundation. Uh, mm. so I went with, uh, with Diablo. It's the rap Diablo. Macho when I drop flows. Bar gets raised up. It's me and Petey Pablo. Colder than gazpacho. Colder than the mano. Rapping head honcho. Rocking shows like I was Bono. Because to me, that's, you know, how did you describe it earlier? Which is good. Perfect for functions. Yeah. Know? It's a yeah. function song. There's not, I mean, there's like some suicidal lines, but aside from that, it's all pretty much, yeah, it's kind of all, all in good fun, I guess. Um, it's like framed as exciting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, but other than that, it's like, it's just Mac flexing, boasting. Um, it's got the in a sentimental mood. Sample by Duke Ellington and John Coltrane, which are some of my favorite musicians ever. I'm a suck. I was going to see pretty much all my picks have to do with jazz samples. I like. I'm a sucker for. You put a jazz sample in a hip hop song, and I'm like yeah. drooling. So that sample's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And they and they played it well on the uh, streaming service. I liked what they did. They did have to change it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they. So for those that don't know, there are some minor alterations. Uh, most on the streaming version of Faces. Uh, if you compare it to the original mixtape, I would assume, I'm pretty sure all of the changes made aside from it being remastered were done because of sample clearance issues. Yeah. Um, for people that don't know, sometimes sample, uh, clearing samples is impossible. Literally like you can't, you have to get approval by every song. I think it's every songwriter um, that's still living. And sometimes if they're not living, it goes to the estate. They have the to estate, approve. Yeah. Sometimes you can't contact them. Uh, sometimes they just flat out say no, no, no matter how much, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, writing credits you're going to give them. So I'm assuming there was just some samples that could not get cleared. Um, right. and so they did the best that they could in those circumstances. I think the album sounds great. Obviously oh, yeah. you missed some of those in- interlude samples, most of them coming from the same source, right? I'm assuming that, um, most of the Bill Murray stuff is taken out except for the so, yeah the movie clip um but yeah diablo sample couldn't get cleared so they i can't remember the guy that came and played it um but they had to like resample it or Mm -hmm. quote unquote like you know re-record it re-record it the part yeah um anyways so that if anyone's wondering why there's differences that's it and to me it's it's so it's not a big deal you know i think Mm -hmm. the way that everything has been handled after max passing has been perfect it's they i think the family has done the best job anyone can you know mac had had at least remastered his macadelic and what are their uh, best day ever best day ever were both remastered right yeah um, he he did it he got them on streaming it's like it was like already in motion right so yeah. it's not like mac himself wasn't open to making modifications mm-hmm. to kind of play the game and and get it to streaming so mm-hmm. i think all that all said and done it's great and 
the convenience of having it on streaming and, and now number one. You should probably yeah. acknowledge that currently oh, yeah. it's number one, or even over Young Thug's new project, like is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's absolutely incredible. Um, okay, so let's move on to the special sauce. What do you got okay. for the special sauce? Uh, so special sauce, to me, it's like something interesting. It's going to be something that's a little like exciting or just like a little, oh, what's that in there? Right. Um, the ingredient specifically, I don't know if it counts as sauce. I'm counting it as sauce because I'm a free thinker to like Mac on faces. <laughs> it's I'm going with icing. There's a, currently a motif in the iceberg lettuce and now okay. the icing. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> I, it made me happy. This is so dumb. This is so dumb. It's great. <laughs> um, so happy birthday is. I think we should like it's. It's a song based on a real life story. I think we can go find like countless interview clips of uh, some of his friends, like the internet, the band. They talk about how this like really happened. How there was a party thrown at his mansion, and Mac was in his pajamas in the studio, <laughs> not coming to hang out with everybody. Right. Yep. And it's like, it's a little great Gatsby. Like, mm, it's yeah. a little like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, Mac, you're that dedicated to the work. And the pool's There's right all, there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but like, there's that going to it. There's also, I think, like a little bit of like the paranoia of like, who are all these faces yeah. at my party? I right. don't know these people. They don't, and there's a line like, they don't know if I never, they don't care if I never go and show my face. Right? Mm. Like, motivically, yeah. Awesome identity stuff happening there. Okay. There's a birthday party happening upstairs. Where? And it's all for me. Who the fuck cares? Fuck they won't notice if I never go and show my face. face. They just looking for a reason they can celebrate. That's okay. I hate to waste a um, he has a reference to the crucible, which big fan of the English reference, <laughs> the, the, the literature <laughs> reference. Right. Like the literary references also on this album between the samples and the songs, like Mac, Mac read. Mac yep. read some books, yep, yep. Uh, which is great. Um, and watched a lot of movies. Yeah, and watched a lot. Um, he like was questioning so much, right? And he's like, once he finally talks to somebody, I think in like the second verse or something, he's like, how do you feel? Do you ever sit and wonder what is real? It's like somebody finally got to talk to Mac at the party and he's like, do you know what re- what's real? <laughs> do you ever reach to touch her and nothing's there? <laughs> do you ever lo- tell her you love her? She doesn't care. Like he's so deep. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like pointing out the facade of all these people who just want to party, which is great. Um, and he has one of the one of the lines he has in here is something that comes up all the time in swimming in circles. He says, Getting high my downfall, kind of ironic. Like the mm, two things, the yeah. high and the low at the same time, the simultaneity, yeah. the way there's irony and sincerity in what he's doing, he's got it right there on face. So I love Happy Birthday. I love that song. Yeah, that's a great choice. Um, so my special sauce, my, my interpretation was like, this is really what sets a burger or a sandwich apart, right? You can have, you know, for the most part, you can't get too crazy with the sandwich. Um, but the spot, the sauce is where you can really set yourself apart, right? Cause mm. it's like Turkey's going to, you know, you can get better quality Turkey, but it's going to taste like Turkey. Gotcha. You know? So the special sauce is where you get to really shine. So I, I chose color and shapes, uh, colors and shapes, simply because it's it's so unique on this album. There's not another song that sounds like it, but also it's it's what makes to me is what differentiates Mac from his peers. Like mm. no one, you know, there's very few quote unquote rappers that can make a song like Colors and Shapes. If it was- 
colors and shapes, the imaginaries that of all of this weight that we have to carry, would you be able to bring? Everything from the production, him and Thundercat together, obviously, is just a great combination. We should say that Thundercat also produced Inside Outside. Right, yeah. Um, And so I love, I love the production on Colors and Shapes. There's just like this sparse kind of spacey instrumentation. There's like a fluidity. There, the drum beat, if you, if you listen, I I don't know how many people like count along, probably not a lot of people count along, but I do um, when they listen to music, but Usually the snare drum is either on like the two and the four or straight on the three, but um, in colors and shapes, it never hits on a downbeat. The snare drum is always on the and, which is the upbeat of three. Uh, okay. Which, that's why that's part partly why it's so spacious and not feel doesn't feel like it's grounded because it's not really mm-hmm. um, that that kind of like foundational beat we just never really get. That's awesome. Look, so you're, di- you're dissecting that. Yeah, a <laughs> little bit. That. We're trying here. We're trying here. Um, <laughs> but this is a cool theory I came across when doing just a little bit of research about this song. Have you heard of the Willy Wonka theory? No. With oh, colors and shapes? I want to hear about okay. this. <laughs> so there's some evidence. We know that Mac has seen Willy Wonka. We're assuming he sampled it on Desperado from Macadelic. Mm. So mm-hmm. there's a Willy Wonka sample in a past work of Mac. So we know he's aware of it. So there's a theory, I think I saw it on Reddit, um, that he doesn't sample, I know he doesn't, or this guy on Reddit was asking, does he sample Willy Wonka's pure imagination? Um, and we can play a little bit of it right now. Hold your breath, make a wish, count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Now I'll play colors and shapes. So remember that ding dong dong ding dong dong. I yeah. <laughs> I hear it. All right, so I feel like there's a similarity between those two tracks, uh, specifically that high synth or the, mm-hmm. it's a bell on on the Willy Wonka, but also lyrically. Um, so. Willy Wonka sings, come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. That's the first line on pure imagination. And the first line Max sings on Colors and Shapes is, if it's Colors and Shapes, the imaginary, instead of all this weight that we have to carry. So there's like this immersion into another Mm -hmm. world. The scene in uh, Willy Wonka is when he's showing the kids the world, the chocolate factory for the first time. And they're stepping into this mm. pretty psychedelic world. Oh, yes. <laughs> and maybe you can speak to this, but it comes up a lot in swimming where Mac is referencing a lot of childhood stories oh, yeah. because of their psychedelic quality, right? Mm-hmm. There's this really cool interview clip that we use in one episode, but it's like, it's young Mac talking too. And he's talking about how interested he is. He's like, all these children's books, all these children's artwork it's all psychedelic. It's all about transporting you to somewhere else. And so he talks about wanting to like capture that idea and wanting to use that because he's like, that's the pure joy. And we see that reflected in his career. Like it's one of the most amazing things is how he like lived this out and how it comes across in the art of how there is that youthful joy and how to carry that with you, the imagination, the freedom of all of that as you grow old and as you face everything you have to face 
you are going to need your pure imagination. You're going to need these abilities to think like this. Yeah, it's beautiful. Right. And like, it's even addressed in the intro of Colors and Shapes. Um, you know, there's the sample that says, have I answered the question, who am I? I confronted all the time. You have to go out of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, static symbols in the way in which you think. Like, And obviously, I think drugs was a big part of that for Mac. But, you know, we know that wasn't the full story. We know that Mac, without drugs or with drugs, was very heady and, and was actively thinking about identity mm-hmm. and who we are and how can you achieve real freedom and how do we get past the facade of a face and get to the, you know, the core of the yeah. soul. Yeah. Um, so all that's encapsulated uh, to bring it back to colors and shapes in this song. Um, it's beautiful, melodic, free. Uh, it's, it's what set Mac, sets Mac apart. I think it, it shows like to me, like with a few changes with the, uh, this could easily have been on circles. Like it has mm. that quality to me, that singer songwriter quality. Um, that he would develop more over time. But this to me was an early kind of precursor to that style of work for him and getting comfortable in those spaces. Um, so that's the secret sauce. That's Max to me, general that's secret sweet, sauce yeah. is having that. I think that's what sets him apart from, from everyone else. So let's move on to cheese. What's your interpretation of cheese? All right. So cheese is going to give you some good flavor. I also had to like think of my concept of this based on the song I wanted so I picked Grand Finale, mm. and I was like, okay, what type of cheese would Grand Finale be? It's got to be something aged and old. Mm. Uh, Mac says he's gross gang on this, <laughs> and he, he says he smells like old lo mein, but I was like so mad that lo mein, I don't think, has any cheese in it. Mm. I was like trying to make it work. Oh, well. <laughs> it's like it's aged. It's something aged and old and gross gang, as Mac is. Um, but no, I picked Grand Finale as the cheese. Yeah, yeah. If by chance is my grand finale, bury me in Allegheny County. It's the the most hated, so faded that I'm bow legged. Don't bang, gross gang. Smell like old old man shit. The flow dangerous. I mean, like the second verse of grand finale is incredible. Hopefully, our listeners, I mean, people who are fans of Mac, hopefully have seen this. There's a video of Mac talking about this song, that is one of the best examples I can think of of an artist discussing why they love a song they made so like go find the video of mac talking about grand finale it's on youtube it's everywhere you can find it but he's like talking about how much he loves the song and like the the effort and the struggle and the journey he had with making it like he thought he was like he literally says if i die and this is the last song i ever make on earth that's his concept of this song Mm -hmm. so like leaving on on the big bang and like making sure you've put everything possible into a piece of work. And that second verse is incredible. Like he opens it up with, I fear nothing on this odyssey of dark soul. So like, first off, like the road imagery, odyssey reference, everything he's talked about this entire album. It's incredible. Um, And then the line that I love is God lives in my dog soul, the devil in his dog bowl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I fear nothing on this odyssey of dark roads. God lives in my dog's soul, the devil in his dog bowl. We are the prophets. Jesus was a poor sporty Buddha Nostradamus. Turned water into wine, but he loved the gin and tonic. Had skeletons in his closet. Even God would one day be forgotten. And recently I've been feeling... So, like, if you've watched if you watched the reality TV show, you have you saw Mac get that dog, Ralphie. If you saw the Colors and Shapes music video, that's that's Ralphie's in the video. And 
Like he talked about this in interviews. People would ask him like, Oh, Mac, you have a dog. How's that? And he talked about how great it was and how much he loved having the dog. There's a, I think I read an XXL. He was talking about like how the dog got him outside of the sanctuary. Like it's like, I have to go walk the dog. Mm, I have to get out. It did make me walk. It did make me move. Um, and so that is really great for him. Um, there's another interview where he's talking, I think to like Rob Markman and he's like, I believe that the dog shows you a reflection of the owner's soul. Like there's a reflection of my soul and my dog and how important it was. And he was talking about that after Ralphie passed. Right. So it's obviously like a very poignant moment for Mac and something he really believes. So then when you look at the line and you're thinking about Mac seeing himself and his dog, God lives in my dog's soul is him understanding that there's goodness inside of him and the devil and his dog bowl being the evil in the consumption and the Mm -hmm. things that we do to fill the void inside of ourselves. Um, And Mac, I think, you know, living that there's also like, again, there's like one of the cool like symbols you can do with dog is like, how dog is God backwards and how they are connected and right. and all the, and like why humans love dogs so much. Um, and Mac's not going to like let anybody off the hook either. Cause like he's saying, you know, he imbibes and all this stuff. Um, he says like Jesus was a poor sport and he turned water into wine. Like he's like, he says it because like Jesus loves drinking, which is hilarious. <laughs> like, so like, he's like, turned water into wine, but he loved the gin and tonic. But he's like, yeah, Jesus turned water into wine because he wanted to drink wine. He's, just, <laughs> he's, he's drinking like the rest of us. He's a human being too. Um, and then when Max says, even God one day will be forgotten, like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> that, fuck. Yes. Yeah. Because that's true. Right. Like that is a true, and like this comes up when we talk about this season. And when I think about like, we think about things like Max legacy, what mm. he's left behind. And you want to say things like this is eternal. And I think that a lot, yeah. but then God's going to be forgotten. We're yeah. going to be forgotten. Max going to be forgotten. All yeah. of us are going to be forgotten. And that is true. And like that kind of wisdom, just putting it at the end of this, incredibly long album i mean is amazing um and he ends we talk about identity i think a lot he ends the album with the question who am i Mm -hmm. right he he talks about the fireworks after that but his last like rapped lyric is who am i and so faces is living in the question is the understanding of no understanding that life is going to be questions without concrete or stable answers we will keep repeating asking these over and over again and this is the way that it goes and you know like it's just a beautiful cheesy um way to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah um mac with the cheesy raps um (laughs) easy mac yep we should yeah that's like that's very beautiful way yeah Yeah, beautiful way to to state that uh i love the guitar i love that he Mm. Yeah, I don't. I'm sure he played guitar before this record yes, on his yes. albums, but there's. I love what he did uh, mm-hmm. production wise here, and the way he talks about in that video you cited is he seems so stoked on it. He's uh, so happy about it. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So cheese. I have a I have a tough relationship with cheese because I love <laughs> it, but I can't have it. Um, I dairy does not sit well with me, so I have to refrain from eating cheese most mm. of the time. So Tragic. I can't even remember why I picked this one as cheese, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I pick I pick friends. So, um just because I love this. Miller song. Mac. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Snowflakes keep falling on my expired debit cards. Don't know why I'm still awake. I gotta be up at 10 or more. Missiles in my repertoire. I'd say I'm pretty regular. I never leave my house. I don't know why I got an extra car. My pool house studio is covered up with pencil marks. And every day it's full of jokers like a deck of cards. So where I'm so lonely, there's horns on my dome piece. But I'm not the devil, I'm a motherfucking minotaur. The production again. It's like I'm I'm a production guy. So like, if the production, if I love the production, like I'm I'm just gonna gravitate towards that song. Mm-hmm. This one, it samples Miles Davis. It's like, all right, sold. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also it samples. It's it's a sample from the Ghetto Walk, which is from the sessions of In a Silent Way, which is one of my favorite albums ever. Definitely one of my favorite Miles Davis albums. If you haven't heard that album, check it out. It's amazing. But uh, it's like a 26-minute song, but they sampled the intro. I just love that. It's like a haunting bass, but there's also kind of like a bubbly quality to it. Like that's what I love about faces in general. Is like there's this obviously there's a darkness to it. Um, mm. When I first was re-listening to the album, that's kind of what I was feeling a lot of was that darkness. But the more and more I listened to it, I realized there's also like this very silly quality to it Mm -hmm. too a playful quality Mm -hmm. and the way that he balanced and and kind of obviously like psychedelic like that kind of haunting the haunting kind of side of a joke or something you know right Um, how it's real right and yeah and so this i feel like the production on this song how it it kind of mopes uh almost in like in a cartoonish way um and then he's just fucking spitting and i think um there's just so many bars in this. Uh, the dude, one you, that I, picked. I know why you like this is because the Kendrick Lamar. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many great because it's called Friends and he cites like a hun- you know hundred yeah. friends. Uh, and uh, we forget too. This was like on the heels of the Control verse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Faces was written kind of in that era where Kendrick just called out pretty much every one of his peers as like step the bar up. I think he even says in one of the opening lines of oh fuck, what song is it? He cites Kendrick, like Kendrick says, I'm stepping the bar up. And then Max says, I think it's in Diablo. Anyways, um, so there's just a ton of just great lyrics on here. It feels like, like I have written here, like it feels like the album's thesis because he kind of just, it's kind of like this swirl of, he addresses everything and everyone. All the faces, faces, right? All the faces of his friends, yeah. Yeah. um, Obviously, Schoolboy Q's presence is amazing. And I kind of like the the (laughs) playfulness of it just speaks to like the mood in the sanctuary just mm-hmm. whoever's there having fun or whatever just like mm-hmm. go on the mic and say miller mac uh you know yeah. 50 times uh, make just fun kinda, of me right right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like just the freedom of it um yeah so let's move on to last category meat what was meat. your interpretation the protein the protein oh i have a part oh my i'm so happy about this all right, so the one I picked is It Just Doesn't Matter. The meat, you know, is obviously the center of this. But It Just Doesn't Matter is so special to me because Mac sampled one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, mm. as a child, I watched this movie all the time. And it's the protein because the movie is meatballs. So meatballs <laughs> is the ingredient. All okay, right? touche, so, touche. <laughs> hey, I did, I did good there. I got, you did, you did. So everybody, this is a good sandwich you've just made at home. All right. Um, the meatball sample is one of the greatest speeches in a movie ever in my mind. Okay. I've never um, seen like, meatballs. So lay it out for me. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's, you want the movie? Cause the movie, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to lay it out. The movie is, there's this camp 
and Bill Murray is like a counselor at the camp. And then there's another camp across the lake. And the Bill Murray camp is like not as expensive. It's got a bunch of loser kids. It's like cheap. It's like kids like aren't great. Right. And then the other camp across the lake is like, I mean, it's all fancy, very expensive. These kids are extreme athletes. Right. So the whole summer hijinks ensue on the camp. You know, the like the Bill Murray camp is kind of losery. Bill Murray's obviously hilarious. And they kind of like, they want to play fun on the rich camp, but the rich camp owns them and makes fun of them. And it's like, ha, look at those losers, right? And then the end of the summer, there's the summer games. And it's like, oh, every year, camp, the meatballs camp loses, right? And the rich kids win every year. And so they have a meeting the night before the games. And that's when Bill Murray gives the, it just doesn't matter speech, right? He's like, they have the newest trainers that they have a health regimen, all this stuff, but it doesn't matter if we win or we lose. And so these kids get so excited. And then the, like the, the, what's it? When there's a bunch of scenes in a row happening montage, that's the word. But like when they do the montage, like these kids are throwing every hijink at the rich kids. They're pulling off every prank they can. They're doing all these funny things to like throw the rich people off. And then, you know, eventually like win. Right. And it's just, it's amazing. But like conceptually, this movie is incredible and it matters to what Mac is saying. So like when Mac talks about, he's like looking at facades, right. And faces and identity. And he's like pointing out how things don't matter or how we're kind of being very silly. And he's pointing out like the folly in a lot of us. Meatballs has a lot more meat to it than people think, because like it points out the farce of all the things humans have built up. The rich camp has like built up all these things. We're so important. Human beings were the best, we're the greatest. But a human being is just a ball of meat. Like it's just a meatball. You're nothing. You're just mm-hmm. a sack of meat, right? And so like pointing that out, pointing out how hilarious it is that we think all these things, that we construct all these things, but really they fall apart in seconds if we think critically about them, right? Like the film itself does that, and Mackie uses that so well on this song. It just doesn't matter. Um, and he has, uh, you know, he has, he has a swimming reference. He says, get right. faded and sleep in the oceans, keep it in motion. Like when we talk about transience and motion and nebulousness, like that's all swimming that's there in the song, which is great. But then he has, um, he has this line. Bugging out, had it all, I'm nothing now, just gave it away, F a label, Cain and Abel put a name to a face. So like Mm -hmm. the biblical illusion here that he uses to deconstruct how we try to put a name on a face, how we try to build up an identity and how he's just throwing that away, right? And how it mirrors, it's like a bar for Mac. Like he's got no label anymore. He's on his own. He had all that money. He got that reality TV show. Screw it. No, I'm trying to make art. Trying to be real. And how like those bars work on like, five levels or something like it's crazy um so yeah that's that's the meat i love that song so much is that your what's your favorite song is that one of your i, I think inside outside just personal yeah wise but probably this one like if i didn't you know yeah this one yeah. is probably it yeah 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 that's good i need to re-listen to it because that's that's a song that i wasn't like high on my list so i'm excited now with that context to go listen yeah there's um at the end, there's another sample from Meatballs where Bill Murray says he's talking like there's like a scene where they're like talking spooky stories late at night at the camp. And Bill Murray's talking about some guy who would take an axe and cut somebody's head off. Faces, mm. no identity. He cut oh. your head off. It is wow. a perfect sample. 
Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. Nice find. Yeah. When I, I watched the clip of that scene, um, I didn't have the context, so that really helps. But I watch. did notice there is a, the, the, what is it called? The life ring? Mm-hmm. The circular. Oh, yeah. The life ring. In the background. Right there, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when he's giving the speech, I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, hey, look, look, <laughs> look, we Probably, know what you did. <laughs> yeah. Maybe coincidence, but it was cool. Um, yeah. All right. So my meat was, meat's like the star of the show, I guess. So I just picked my favorite song. Um, it's Rain. Um, I spit that prayer hand emoji, the shit that injured Kobe, the holiest the holy, Nick Nolte and some Oakleys, that's a flex though, cover up the issues that I kept close, sober I can't deal, I'm in the corner with my head low, running from my shadow, never ending chase, ease the pain in the battle that's within me, sniff the same shit that got Whitney, the high heel depression, my temple fuel the metal coming out to Smith and Wesson bang, say a prayer, leave my brains on the um, Produced by Ninth Wonder, anything Ninth Wonder produces, I just... I'm a sucker for, he's one of my favorite producers of all time. <clears throat> the sample that he uses, it's called, I think, I'm, I don't know how to pronounce it, Govinda, um, by this group called the J-O-B Orquestra. They're like this kind of like psychedelic 70s band. Mm. Um, They're like super into, uh, I think there's like, it's like there's elements of like Indian classical music mixed with like jazz, mixed with like that kind of psychedelic scene that was going on in the 70s. Um, they just did one record, but I didn't realize this specific song that is sampled on Rain is also sampled in like 30 to 40 hip hop songs, um, including Logic's Indica Badu, J. Cole's How High, and most recently on Isaiah, Isaiah Rashad's R.I.P. Young. We work to work, you late to work, I holla and they send it. You know my pride was colder in Chicago in December. Yeah, so it's a pretty o- or a very common sample. I think Ninth Wonder does the best job with it. Um, and just obviously Vince Staples kills it. Oh, yeah. But there's something about Max verse, his tone of voice, especially on that verse. It's not a very long verse. Mm. Every line, though, is just like, I mean, it's really dark. Generally speaking, it starts out with like two bars of like flexes. And then on the third line, he says, that's a flex though. Cover up the issues that I kept close. And then the rest of the verse is just Mm -hmm. really introspective, uh, specifically about his drug use. And we get one of the, I think, great lines, but a very haunting line uh, where he says, running from my shadow, never ending chase, like, which is just the image of that is mm-hmm. perfect in terms of what he's describing. Ease the pain and the battle that's within me. Sniff the shame shit that got Whitney, the high heel depression. Uh, my temple feel the metal coming out the Smith and Weston bang. Like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you're like, okay, yeah. incredible wordplay, but the content is just like, it's tough. He's addressing it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it just continues. Um, but, and even just the last line, the magazines need a quote when I'm gone. Sorry, I don't leave a note. Just, yeah. it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's like a, this haunting quality of just amazing lyricism mm-hmm. and just the subject matter being so honest in confronting those demons. Um, and then I always now think of the high heel depression. We'll talk about the faces cover, but you see the high heels. Mm-hmm in the cover, um, which I think is a cool Easter egg that if you look at the cover long enough, you'll find a lot of references to songs and uh, specific lines. But yeah, I just put, I picked Rain mostly because it's just my favorite song. Um, 
it's just a great song. So that's the sandwich. So let's recap your sandwich real quick. Your right. sandwich. My Sammy, the bread, we had inside outside, which was iceberg lettuce. The sauce was happy birthday, which was some icing. Everybody at home making the sandwich right now. The cheese <laughs> was grand finale, which was going to be some old, gross, like some blue cheese that stinks. And then the protein was going to be a meatball of it just doesn't matter. Right, right. All right. So my my white bread was Diablo. Special sauce was colors and shapes. My cheese was friends. The meat was rain. All right. I think that was cool. I don't know. <laughs> I, like my, I like my Sammy. I like mine. Um, yeah. So let's transition into some of the questions that we got. We put out on social media if it, anyone had a question or wanted to address something about faces. Uh, we got a, quite a few. I tried to pick ones that were coming up multiple times. I think the most common question was, or, or interest was the cover. Um, mm. So there's two covers, I guess, technically there's the one everyone knows, which is the yellow abstract image done by his brother. Uh, but there's also an alternative cover cover that I think Mac himself drew. Is that true? It looks like or Mac it- wanted it. Like the caption on, it's from the folder that the family uploaded to the Mac Miller website. And it says cover that Mac wanted originally. Okay. Or something is like the it, caption on the picture. Okay. Yeah. I thought I'm, I get sometimes they'll just say Miller and be referring to his brother. Mm, yeah. A lot Maybe of times. Miller drew it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that one is, um, if you're not familiar with it, it's a, a man holding a bear mask above, uh, over his face and a bear holding a human mask mm-hmm. over his face. And they're just looking at each other and it's a kind of bare bones sketch. Um, so I'll, I'll toss it to you because I know you've probably thought about this more than I have. Um, Dude, I love covers. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you so know. what? Yeah. What? What's your break it um, down for us? It's like it's so perfect in that abstract art sense, in the way that you can stare at it forever yeah. and start to put. Di- you can find different faces in the cover. You can have different hallucinations with it. Mac talked about in in the book of Mac. Um, there's like a little bit more discussion of this of like Mac was having hallucinations. He was seeing faces and the things around him. And that was very profound to him. And you can do that with the cover. Um, the yellow choice is incredible um, in a literary sense. Like I think of the yellow wallpaper, which is a short story dealing with insanity and being surrounded by that sickly yellow mm-hmm. as like a sign of impending insanity. Mac is obviously dealing with some of that mental health yeah. stuff on the, on the album. Um, I think it's really neat how you can kind of see his face. If you look at that blue part in the yeah. corner, that looks like the outline of his hair. Um, and I think we, you, we pointed this out on social media, but if you look at the cover for circles and you put them together, you do see Mac's head and his fingers aligning with that, which is right. incredible. And I'm going to go ahead and think it's purposeful. I mean, it's just too much of a match. Um, but again, we get to say these things and think these things because of how abstract right. um, that face's cover is. Another thing I think about is like how it's torn apart. So Mac has his face on like a lot of his album covers. On the surrounding ones, around um, faces he does, right? So uh, watching movies with the sound off to Good AM, he's got his face there. But faces kind of shows it like blowing up and exploding with a bunch of these thoughts. And we see that in the mixtape form. Um and it's just really cool how it continues those kind of themes. Uh, the psychedelic references do seem to like continue to from the watching movies cover where that was like a naked lunch. Um, 
in a reference to like William Burroughs in the yep. book of, called Naked Lunch, and he's sitting there eating an apple. And in an interview, people kept asking Mac what that cover was about, and he's like, "It's got religious symbols, but I want people to figure it out." So he's mm-hmm. obviously and like think about it for themselves. So he's obviously like pushing covers that are like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's cool also how he goes from like faces being so multiple to Good AM, where he's showing his yawning face, where he's showing a new face and waking up with something. I I could probably talk about the cover. For right. It. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that was my main takeaway was just like. The continued exploration of self, which mm-hmm. is, you touched on, which is like reflected in the art where, yeah, you're going to find something new every time you try. Mm-hmm. Um, what you see now, it's not necessarily what you'll see later and it's not what you say, saw last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of tying into this idea of identity being fluid and ever-changing and not something you really ever pin down. I think there's definitely Easter eggs. Uh, and just to be clear, like the hand, there's obviously a hand that goes up over mm-hmm. his face. If you're looking at the whole image as Mac's face, there's the prominent hand, which is probably the most visible or most uh, concrete thing mm-hmm. is the hand. Mm-hmm. And Mac has tons of pictures of him in that same exact pose covering right. his face with his hand. So mm-hmm. it seems like, I don't know if it, it was based off a certain image, but that was definitely a pose that Mac tended to do mm-hmm. throughout his career, um, which covering up the face is interesting, right? Um, yeah, and there's like the thing of like the world in his hands and giving it back that he talks mm, about on watching movies and mm. that I think is present and subliminally in some bars on faces and him holding his head in his hands and that being the world and things like that. Yeah. Right. Um, so if you are looking at the album cover, the original image, if you're familiar with it, is incorporated somewhat in on the right center right. You'll see the bear with the human mask. And mm-hmm. he's looking at no one because the human is now floating above the bear. So that seemed to come from the original cover that Mac wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of like a mushroom, a red mushroom in the upper right. And you can kind of see two faces in black beneath it. Um, there's also like, a, I interpreted, there's like a um, a swooping in the in the direct middle, a little bit up from center. Uh, there's kind of like this swooping that looks like legs. And you, if you look mm. closely, mm-hmm. you see They're high heels, heels uh, yeah. which I think nods to that line in <clears throat> uh, Rain that we talked about. There's an obvious, it seems like an obvious cocaine reference uh, in the lower kind of left um, with there's like a, I think it looks like a comb and then like a mirror below there's it. Something cutting it. Yeah. Something cut. So cutting cocaine, but also looks like a portal. Um mm-hmm which makes sense. Um, again, like these are just kind of observations that I've, as I continue to look at it, I don't know if you had anything specific to call out um, that you saw in it. I mean, I mean, I think those things get it all. Like the, the, I, I think we need to clarify, like the, under the mushroom, like if you look at like the silhouette made in yellow by the black shapes, that look like faces or like yeah, people, yeah, yeah. their heads. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like the masked creatures that might have been the original cover. I mean, to me, there seems to be a difference or an evolution from having two people wearing masks. So the exploration of faces as they directly relate to each other with like the dual nature of the two people to this mm. one seems to show off the infinite aspects of an individual. So I think that that might be part of like the thematic discussion or at least decision to change it from the two fa- two creatures looking at each other to this one face exploding into infinite. 
Do you have an interpretation of the, the, it looks like maybe a plant that's dying. That was kind of my thought on it. Um, it looks like something, yeah, like wilting. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure like what type of plant it might be, but uh, like, like a dying plant, I think you, you have some sense of decay yeah. and things like that. And if, if we talk about like the abstract art, I, t- I thought about this because it's like one of the only like big abstract pieces I know is like Guernica by Picasso, yeah. like the death part of this or like the explosion and how something can like rip things open and cause decay. That part seemed like similar to me. But right. again, I'm like not like an art history major. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's incredible art. Um, oh yeah, really well done. The colors are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and done by Max Brothers. So, and they re. I like the new version of it too. The 3D um, is cool. Yeah. Yeah, it works. Okay, I'm briefly interrupting this episode. This is Future Cole uh, recording the day after we record this. Um, because last night I was looking at the faces cover art again, and I think I made a pretty big breakthrough that I haven't seen anywhere on the internet, which is really surprising because it's very obvious once you know it. So if you're looking at the faces cover, just regular, as we talked about it's Max face with his hand over uh, his face, we think uh, with all kinds of Easter eggs in there. But, if you flip the image 90 degrees to the, to the left, so I guess counterclockwise, um, it becomes a very clear boat. Um, you'll see the blue and the black parts become the foundation of the boat. The white hand becomes the sail. And you'll see very clearly a kind of devilish looking creature with horns manning the ship, um, which... I'm going to do a video on this on social media, which hopefully will be out by the time you guys hear this. If not, um, definitely follow at Dissect Podcast on TikTok or Instagram, um, where I'll break this down a little bit more with visuals. Um, but my initial theory is that this ties into Larry Fisherman, his producer alias, um, and the, that get, makes sense and gives new context to the yellow background because Larry Fisherman... Uh, Max Alias, producer alias that started with Faces era, um, wears a yellow, spot on yellow uh, fisherman suit, including the fisherman hat. Um, but then if you re- rotate the image another 90 degrees, so it's totally upside down, it becomes another environment. Um, the, the, the hand becomes what I think is Mac Miller. It's, there's clearly a head at the top with a hood on. Um, and Max, the, the fingers become legs, almost like octopus legs. Um, if you look below the fi- the white figure, main white figure, who's kind of floating, uh, which kind of ties into the psychedelic vibes of the album, um, there's what now looks like a piano player. Um, the red, uh, right below the white hand, there's a red figure that looks like he's playing the piano. Um, the the dying plant becomes like a light hanging off a ceiling and where the circular cocaine cutting becomes kind of a a nightlight or a skylight. Um, And also the blue becomes more water-like. It kind of looks like tides of an ocean, but also um, the sanctuary where Mac recorded faces was the pool house studio, like studio made out of the pool house and the pool was right there. So that might be alluding to that. So 
look at it on your own. Let me know what you think on social. And again, I'll break it down. It'll probably make more sense when you see the visuals along with it. I'm not sure how much sense I'm making here without the visuals in front of you. But try it, rotate it around. The boat is like, I think it's kind of undeniable that that's, that's part of it. Um, I think the total uh, upside down image is depicting the sanctuary in some way. Um, and yeah, it's incredible. And, and the whole thing kind of ties back to this idea of faces being perception and Mac seeing faces in different things. And, and the cover art seems to suggest that that, that philosophy that you can look at, the, look at this image in a number of perspectives and it's going to change in your meaning and your perception, uh, perception and, and kind of what you think about the image is going to change depending on how you look at it, which seemed to be a big thematic idea that runs throughout faces, like, you know, seeing faces, um, what's behind a face, um, all that stuff. So let's get back to the episode. Thanks. And thanks for indulging me. And again, follow at dissect podcast, and I'm hoping to have a video up by the time that this publishes, but if not, it'll definitely be coming soon. So back to the episode. Uh, okay. So did you have any thoughts on the new track? Yeah. And why do you think it was picked to be the bonus for faces? The latter part of the question, I, I mean, I'm assuming the same for you, but we can only guess. Yeah. I mean, Mac had tons of songs. We're not really sure. I don't think there's been any quotes to why that specific song was chosen. It's produced by DJ Dahi, which is one of my favorite producers. So that's cool. But uh, yeah, did you have any? Th- I know you're you're going to pick it for one of your sandwiches. Yes. Uh, so yeah. do you have any thoughts on it? I mean, I love the song. Like one thing it's that happened song. in the research process is like I have gone into the unreleased vaults a bit and mm-hmm. seen what I can find there just to see because circles is kind of like that. And yeah. it's like nature. It's like, it's the unreleased stuff that got put out, but there's a, there's a thing with Mac and with all artists of like what stuff they don't release and what stuff we let out and show to the world versus what we don't, what we mean, what we don't like all these things are in play. The, the vaults for Mac are incredible. And some of it is very haunting. This song I think to me has been a haunting one when I first heard the leak. Now hearing this, I think it's, it's like so majestic. It's so like, it's really beautiful. Um, But it's really beautiful. And his reckoning with the fact that he's kind of on this journey, he can't stop it, but he's going to eventually, right? He wants, he's asking if he can stop running, um, if he can like go home, if he can stop the journey, but then he's just at the end, like asking to fade away. Like he's asking, for the ability to make this last longer um, than a hard stop, which I think might have been a real danger at this time. Um, And if you look at his life and those things, it's just really beautiful and it seems really honest and compelling. Um, And so I'm very happy that it's out now. It's crazy, yeah. All right, so we also got asked, um, what are some of the best anecdotes you're able to find about the sanctuary? I think we addressed... A lot of them throughout um, our sandwich discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, made a little list here, but did you want to explain the uh, the clockwork flute? Oh, okay. So there was like a DJ Clockwork went on like an Instagram live one time and was talking about on inside outside. Like there's a flute in the background, kind of playing the melody. And according to Clockwork, he was like, "Yeah, I was on Molly." And had not played the flute since I was a child, but then I just picked it up and the song was kind of playing. And so then I played that thing on top of it and it was like, oh my God, how are you doing that? And then they just threw him in. 
And there's a lot of talk in the book of Mac has great stuff about this, but there's like, there's a talk about like how at 8am in the morning, one day after being up all night working, they then went to the music store, bought a bunch of classical instruments and then like brought them back and did it. Like when Mac says bought a cello, now all I do is play it. Like, yeah, he had just done that. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. How just like, they were just inventive. We're going to have fun. We're going to play with all the instruments and all the tools. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I watched that video. Yeah. So he said, uh, clockwork says, he was high on Molly the night before and alone he'd oh. <laughs> been playing the flute for like 30 minutes and recorded himself. And I guess Mac was like super interested in that and was uh. like fascinated by him recording mm-hmm. himself doing that alone. I guess I think he's looking in the mirror while he's doing he's it. He's like too. looking in the mirror, like talking and like, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But then when I went back and I was like, okay, I got to go listen to that flute. I was busting up because it's <laughs> yeah. so out of tune. Like it is horribly, I mean, quotes horribly out of tune, mm-hmm. which is so perfect. Cause it still fits. But like, if you listen for it, Faces it's totally out of key. And it's, it's just, and, and again, it kind of speaks to that playful nature of the process. It seems like. a lot of beautiful imperfection in this album we hear max sniff and i mean obviously like there's some stuff that goes with that but like hearing him sniff like i don't hear a rapper sniff like i don't hear mistakes <laughs> i don't hear coughs i don't hear like all of this yeah. stuff and a lot of polished rap the imperfections really add this like lived in human quality to this it's yeah. like really amazing to hear this year there's, okay there's one easter egg i wanted to break up uh in the song angel dust it's kind of dark but also very cool um so he you can hear him snorting in the mm-hmm. beginning obviously referring to angel dust which can be snorted but he he samples that snort from the beginning in the second half of the song and the brilliant part is he uses it uses it as a rhythmic instrument because he places it on the upbeat so he's mm-hmm. literally snorting sniffing up. <laughs> he's sniffing up like you can hear him sniffing up rhythmically <laughs> with the song angel dust which is like okay yeah, I, yeah. I, I see. Okay, Mary, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought That's, that was like such a brilliant so touch. Fun, yeah. Um, another anecdote was um, the song Thumbelina, which is probably the like my least favorite song on here but then after reading about this i appreciate it much more because uh, i didn't write the guy's name down i forgot who said it. it's in the book of mac though um they were it was in the morning and i guess mac's neighbors had formed a committee to evict him um recently <laughs> obviously for yeah, probably yeah. obvious reasons yes there's like an uh, episode on the reality tv show where his neighbors are mad at him and his friend, his friends try to bring like over cookies and they're still mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess they were talking about that and then they made the song Thumbelina that day. Um, and if you listen, that's why he goes on this rant in the beginning, like saying, fuck you, suck my dick. Mm-hmm. Like he's talking yeah. to his neighbors. Um, but they also sample the Beastie, Beastie Boys song, Slow Ride. It's the repeating sample. But if you can't, I didn't know what it was saying. The, the sample is they got a committee to get me off the block. Living all over this motherfucker trying to kick me out. That goes for you, Mrs. Watson. With your little ass kids always fucking crying. You got your little chihuahua. Fuck you and your motherfucking mama, bitch. I'm out here. Suck my motherfucking dick. Yeah. Remember music. 
And that's mm-hmm. the repeating sample over and over and over, which I didn't, maybe that's obvious. It's hard to, to pick it out, but like once yeah. you know what it is, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> I thought cool. was really cool. Um, yeah. Did you have any other any other anecdotes that come to mind? I like I like every time Thundercat talks about it. Like he talk, like talking about like just playing there and being there and the stuff they created. I mean, Thundercat, happy, also happy birthday, Thundercat. Happy birthday, yeah. Recording um, on his birthday like, right now. Thundercat's one of the most important musicians of the 21st century. Yeah. And like, this is, I just love hearing what he, his experiences. Yeah. 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 Everyone go get the book of Mac when it comes out next week. I think mm-hmm. you can pre-order it now, but yeah. it's, it's, and we'll talk about it a lot with Donna next week, but it's a collection of her essays. And then she spoke directly to a lot of Mac's collaborators, people like uh, Thundercat and their, their interviews are transcribed throughout and it's organized by each album. So it's, it's a really, it's really insightful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think, Faces contributes to the evolution of Mac as a rapper, writer, storyteller. I mean, this is like an explosion of creativity, right? Like he's making so much at this time too. Yeah, it's insane. I think, yeah, it's like you look at like the timeline of releases and like he's got different identities he's playing with also. which He's got like the Larry Lovestein U EP. He's got the Delusional Thomas project. And this is him bringing those into like Mac Miller. Like, and that's really cool. And he does a little bit of that on watching movies. Delusional Thomas makes a couple of appearances there. Um, but to see him bring all these identities on a project called Faces and to have this explosion is really great. How honest he is, how he's like being free with everything. This is, I mean, to me, this is like his best rap album. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I guess there's apparently like nine other um albums worth of songs they're working on so much at this time which is like i I was like is that even true are they exaggerating but it came up multiple times and if you think about it if he was was it two years or one year that he was in the sanctuary the two Two multiple years multiple years. yeah so two years if you think about the math of that it's like okay he's in there literally every day working on music even if he did one song a week in two years that's over 100 songs Mm -hmm. you know so it's like it does add up and it makes sense um but yeah the way i think about it is like there's that idea of like 10,000 hours, you do 10,000 hours mm-hmm. of any one thing and you become a master. I feel like he's really putting in that work with faces and anything, everything it has to do about this era of just being in that room and just writing and, and just committing to getting better uh, and being free with whatever style of music and kind of worrying about where it's going to go later. It seems like mm-hmm. there's a, yeah, that freedom to creation. Um, and I really do think it's cool that he was able to synthesize, like you said, those different sounds and those different interests into Mac Miller, mm-hmm. um, starting out with, I can see why he would start out with these side projects that he didn't really want to attach because they're early versions and he was kind of feeling out what those sounds were going to be, but like faces, but especially when he gets into his you know proper albums, Good AM, Divine Feminine, and then Swimming, he was really starting to synthesize every Mm-hmm. interest every sound every facet of of what he wanted to be into single singular works that were cohesive that didn't just explore one sound in a song and then explore another sound in another song it's like no it's going to be all mm-hmm. immersive all one time without much of a differentiation it's just like this is the sound this is mac um so yeah i think i think that the work you know i think it paid dividends in terms of what he was able to do creatively after faces the faces era, I guess we could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. And it's, it's, it seems like I th- when did, when did chance the rapper's coloring book come out? Um, was that like 2015? I think it's like a year or two after. 
which was like to me like that's like the death of the mis- mixtape like because <laughs> like chance was like the mixtape dude yeah yeah but then it was like that's, that was just yeah. an album that was quote unquote a mixtape yeah. and like it was going that way for years you know where you know i feel like there was this really golden era of late mixtapes mm-hmm. with kendrick with mac with uh uh j cole like this 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 new group um following the tradition of wayne of obviously but once streaming came it was like mixtapes were redundant right like to to download something just wasn't just doesn't make sense anymore um but faces like is a mixtape like Mm -hmm. it feels genuinely Mm -hmm. like one of those classic mixtapes which i really appreciate about the work going back to it just because you don't hear this kind of looseness in projects that much anymore um at least the things that i've i've been listening to like there is that freedom that of just doing whatever you want and not having to worry about sample clearances because you for mixtapes you don't have to to clear samples so literally you can put anything on an album Mm -hmm. that you want um and i just love that he went all in with that and just made it this sprawling i i usually hate long albums um this for whatever reason i don't mind it the length on this it makes sense to me Mm -hmm. um and there's not really too many lows at least not where to the point where i want to skip songs and the length reflects the theme like it feels bingy Mm, you know like it feels like the late night it feels like the long night like i mean when i a lot of the time that i spent listening to this in the last year is like late night writing and like it feels perfect Mm. in that time like the delirious low sleep time yeah the days like blurring into each other yes yeah i can see that Mm -hmm. um all right, so last question we'll address. Where do you rank Faces among other albums and projects? I haven't really done an official thought-out ranking, so I'm going to do this on the fly, but what do you got? I mean, so are circles and swimming different? Or can we make them one? Is that always we can make question. We can make them one okay, for, so the, if for this purpose. If they're one, they're one. Like if swimming okay. and circles are one. Yeah. Um, then I'd have Faces as two. So like it's top three. Let's do top five. Make, Let's do top, top five. Or top, okay. Top, or do you ooh. have top three? I mean, I have Let's top do top five, three. I, I didn't know what you prepped. Yeah. Top three I is have, fine. I, I mean, like, okay, so yeah, do swimming in circles. Swimming. Okay, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna split them. Okay. Circles is one to me. Wow. It's above okay. swimming because, and we'll talk about it in this in the circles episodes. It is eternal. And there's stuff going on there, I think. Um, that just for me puts it up at one. Then swimming, faces, uh, divine feminine, and then probably like uh maybe i don't want to say an unreleased one so delusional thomas is just crazy and fun i like that one a lot <laughs> i'll put that at five for how All great right. that is yeah I, mine's pretty much the same except swimming in circles is flipped so swimming's number one circles two faces three divine feminine four and then five would probably be probably be good am um yeah or so watching good. movies i need to listen to watching movies more though um because it, I love it. Returning to it after Faces, which I did this week, mm-hmm. it has a lot of the same characteristics as Faces. Not quite as free, um, but I liked I liked it. Re- I liked it more returning to it after Faces. So we'll see where it ends up in a more thought out ranking. But that's how I would probably characterize it right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool, man. I think we'll we can end it there. Um, cool. Unless you had anything else. No, it's wonderful to talk about Mac. I'm so happy we got Faces that so many more people are exposed to faces that it is performing so well that everybody can see that all the love that's out there for Mac is really 
beautiful. And it's been with this season. It's been beautiful. And I just love everybody talking about all this stuff. Yeah, it's really, it's a, yeah, it's kind of a unique experience to kind of, because you get like album anniversaries, but it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, to get to relive an album release, especially after someone passes like this, and it's like, it's not a new work, but kind of feels new and like, mm-hmm. you know. It's also this quality. Like, that's yeah. a real part of it is the yeah. quality of the work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Well, thanks for joining. We're going to, We'll talk to Donna next week. We'll have a couple more of these conversations with you towards the end of the swimming and circles probably. Um, but yeah, incredible job so far. Um, you too. We're doing yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> I think so. I think so. It's been a really, really meaningful season so far. Oh, yeah. uh, every season means a lot to me, but I would say this one is shaping up to be really special. Um, mm-hmm. More than I thought it was going to be. Um, so yeah thanks everyone for listening and uh we'll talk to you soon All right, welcome. To- oh, fuck. <laughs> there it is. Hey, <laughs> <you're off. laughs> Just keep that in. All right.